Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, uh, as Ty said, I got back from Texas um, on Friday night. We came back a day early and had a really good time, but Cammie got to meet all the family that she didn't meet at the wedding or the funeral that, unfortunately, that we had to go to. So she got to meet new friends and, and new family. She got to meet Ralph that y'all hear me talk about a lot. And uh, so we went over to Ralph and Kathy's house and, and Cammy, being the dog girl that she is, trains and breeds and shows dogs professionally. Her and Ralph hit it off real good because Ralph loves cow dogs and he's been breeding his own cow dogs, uh, mainly Catahoulas. Um his entire life. So they just sat there and just, and I was over there talking to uh, Kathy, but I know Ralph well enough that I always have an ear for what he's telling my wife, because you never know when he's going to try to slide something in. So, you know, I'm talking to Kathy, but I got one ear kind of pointed towards this conversation over here. And I really wasn't listening to the conversation, but I caught some, you know, drifting by tidbits and I have no idea what they were really talking about, but what I heard was cool. What I heard was cool. And it went, this is, this is an overheard conversation that might not be anywhere correct except maybe the punchline. I know the punchline's right. The leading up to is kind of ad-libbed with me. But it says, Ralph was telling Cammie a story and he said an old cowboy um, was going to day work and, and, or he was going to work on the ranch and they had day workers coming in that day. So two guys uh, pulled in and they stepped out in all of their cowboy glory and everything. And the old cowboy looked at them and said something like, man, why do y'all have that beat up half top trailer? You got your pants stuffed in your boots. You got your bat wing shafts. You got so many tie strings hanging off your shafts and your horse that when you put them together, you look like a loofah ball, right? You got all these tie strings. You're drinking a beer before the sun comes up. You're already on your third one. And, and it's not even up. And with you got a half, half a can of Copenhagen in your lip, and you're riding a bronchy Hancock client horse that you're going to be fighting all day. Why in the world do y'all do this? And the cowboy, one of the cowboys looked at him and said, because we like to keep cowboy traditions alive. And the old cowboy for 70 years, I've never done any of that crap. But save the cowboy had the good news through the legacy, artistry, and traditions of the working ranch cowboy. But I think a lot of times when we talk about cowboy traditions, that we focus on the stuff that only isn't a part of the cowboy code, right? Cowboy code of working hard and, and preparing for your family, but it's about attire or style or, you know, acting tough and drinking beer before you go day work and dipping snuff and smoking cigarettes and riding broncs and, you know, all of this stuff. But in, in all actuality, man, everything that Ralph was talking about when I said I ad-libbed because that day worker was me. That's who I used to be. Learn everything that I thought was cowboy cool. A lot of those things were the things that were holding me back. You know, many things of gathering and seeking the lost and feeding and what, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, I am the bread of life. If you drink from, from I, am the well, I am the water, and if you drink from me, you'll never be thirsty again. I mean, there's just so many things that are parallels between 
authentic cowboy, and I'm not talking about the beer drinking before sunrise and the Copenhagen and all of that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hard work and the integrity and doing your job, whether anybody's looking and checking the corners and feeding and doctoring and all of this stuff. Who I want to be now, not who I used to be then. But I think that, that the parallels between Christianity and, and authentic cowboying are amazing. And, and I just pulled four verses. And these are not out of my simplified cowboy version. These are out of real translation Bibles to show you how much cowboy is in Christianity. Ezekiel 34, 16. Well, look for the lost. Gather those that have strayed away. Strengthen those that are injured. And bandage those that are sick. That's a great deal. I've actually got that on a plaque in my hallway. Emily Klein made me. Is that right there? Love it. See it every single day. That's cowboy. How about Hebrews 10, 24? And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's cowboy right there. Some of y'all, so I've needed a mark out a time or two. And it would, God would have just kind of gotten my mouth and gave me a little bit of spurring towards love and good deeds because I know I've needed it. How about Psalm 20, verse 7? Some trust in chariots and in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in his trust in the name of the Lord our God. And finally, probably cowboy Bible verse in all of, the, in all of Scripture is verse 22, 32. The angel of the Lord asked him, that is as cowboy as it gets right there. You did, Ty did it two days ago. I told you. But there, if I may be so bold, about like the real one, like not, not the dip, you know, not the womanizing and not all of that stupid stuff. I'm talking about the real integral parts of the cowboy way of life. Um, I think there's two parts of that cowboy code that while a lot of the cowboy is directly paralleled or adjacent to Christianity, there's two parts of the cowboy code that are not, that are not. And cowboys pride, I don't want to say pride, but like they strive for these things and they're in direct opposition to what the Bible says. So while I'm not trying to change all of the cowboy code, I think there is such a thing as the Christian cowboy code. But the two parts of the cowboy code that don't get humanity, number one, is cowboys have too much pride for a handout. They don't want something that they can't earn or they don't deserve. I mean, Cowboys are willing to trade, swap, buy, owe, pay back. They'll even partner with you. It's a pity handout. Nobody wants a pity handout. But authenticity teaches us pity handout. Because God knew that we could not do this on our own. We could not in a life after the fall. We could not because pity grace of God called Jesus Christ and he sent us something that we can't earn and didn't deserve. And you know what, cowboys? We need that handout. We need that. In Ephesians, and I will be this time reading out of the Simplified Cowboy Version, it says this, It's our faith in God's love, and this is not from our rope or our hand or our horse. It is the gift of the Almighty. Now, that verse in your Bible says something like this. 
For we are saved by grace through not by works. But. Can't earn grace. We can we will never be deserving of God's called grace if you can grace. If you deserve it, it's not grace. And cowboys, we don't earn it and we don't deserve we didn't earn it. We can't earn it and we don't deserve it. And God gives it to us anyway. The cowboy that is in opposition to Christianity is we have to be to take something that we don't deserve and that we didn't earn. That's called grace. The second thing that doesn't really boycott Christianity is that cowboys, some of the, and I don't care what gender you are, okay? I don't, I don't, it's a shame that I have to say that. I don't care what gender you are, cowboys, cowboys are tough. Man, I have seen cowboys get kicked, run over, stomped, Beaten up <laughs> and back up and Ty broke his. I mean, Mitch was good enough to, huh? With broken ribs. Yeah, with broken ribs. So, are tough enough to do. I can do this. I can do this. Uh, I don't do this. They're tough enough. Thing I've listed by them. He'll be tough enough to come home and have a tea party with her. Okay? No matter how tough he is. Regardless of gender, they will never be. No matter who think you are, you can't save your own. Toot your own horn about something you can't do on your own. So we can't go bragging about being strong enough or, or willing enough to do this on our own. We are not strong because we can't do it. And anybody that says they can, you know, when these cowboys, you know, and I've heard them, and I'm kind of being rough on them, but I'm one. I feel like I have the right to be. You know, well, I don't need no, I definitely do. As the older I get, I know that I need somebody. And number one is I need Jesus in my life, right? Hmm. So, with all of that, let's, and the best of authentic, now what I mean by that is when cowboy, I'm talking about leaving out all that immature stuff. Again, and have to fight no matter what, just to prove to yourself how weak you are. Because that's really what you're right. And I've been there. I've been there. Can we take the cowboy code, throw out, take it, but and leave the religion, the two, into a cowboy Christian code? Well, I think maybe we can't do a complete one, but I think that we could, and it's found in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. 2 verse 11 in the Simplified Cowboy Version gives us our first indication of what the Christian Cowboy Code would be. And here it is. I didn't give us what we deserved. And we've already talked about that from Ephesians, right? God didn't give us what we deserved, but showed His grace by allowing anyone be able come and come, be able to come and ride for His brand. See, what's, what's really difficult is to understand that everyone is and no one deserves it. Okay? Everyone is and no one deserves it. Listen, the boy in the world, if, if God could look down and say, you know, all things considered, you know, uh, right here is the best cowboy in the world. He never bought on God's ranch any more than a greenhorn that's on a rope. Doesn't matter, because that uh, 
but showed his grace by allowing anyone to come and ride for his brand. And listen, you ain't this, okay? I know. I'm going to get hate mail for it. People are going to yell at me. It does not. And I'm talking to you. Listen, you are. If you didn't just get, okay, more Jimmy than you are Rip, and I'm trying to be cultural, more Jimmy than you are Rip, no matter what color of hats you wear or what you try to act like, you, we are all Jimmys. Now, if that doesn't work for you, maybe I can say it this way. More Jake Spoon than you are Gus McCray. Or more Jake Spoon than you are Gus McCray. Sure, you may want to do the right thing. You've tried to do the right thing, but invariably, we're the wrong way. My time. We are more Jake Spoon than we are Gus McCray. Work for you. Maybe this one. You are more in the kingdom than you are Ty Murray. Or howdy doody. The point is that none of us, no matter how good we think we are, not a single one, and God's grace is available to every single person. Not the people that have the same ideals as you, that vote like you do, that, you know what I mean? Everyone. That doesn't mean everyone's going to get in. But it says, by anyone to be able to come and hide for his brand. And the only way to do that is through the grace. Everyone is invited and no one deserves it. That's the first part of understanding the Christian cowboy code. As, you know, greatest cowboy in the world comes to Christ, we should be just as excited about him as the, as the guy that doesn't know nothing from nothing. They're all our brothers and sisters when they come into Christ, and we should treat them as such. So, everyone is invited, no one deserves it. That's the first part of understanding the cowboy. Titus 2, first part of verse 12, simplified cowboy version. We do this now when it ended with be able to come and ride for to be able to come and ride for his brand by turning away from sin and living a life worthy of the gift God gave from sinful pleasures and living a life worthy of the gift that God gave us. So let me ask you a question. Important to you, because we're talking about turning pleasure worthy of the gift that God gave. It's more important to you. A fleeting pleasure or forever perfection? And the good news is you get to choose. The bad news is there's no third option. You get, but you have pleasure or option. And you choose is the good news, the bad news. Every person on the earth that has ever lived or died to choose. So, where do you think you're leaning towards well i know i mean if we're here at church for talking we're shooting for talk and i really really not real you to answer and be as honest as you can where do you go for your joy for your joy do you go for and not only do ourselves for our joy when you feel incomplete maybe i can ask this how do you self-medicate? Or is it with something else? Where do you go? Fiction. What do you What do you? It was for me. It was for me because I had line, right? And I was in my head. And when I got to this part at 4.15 a.m. this morning, still laying in bed, God asked me, oh my gosh, he says, yeah, 
And then he asked me the other question. He said, what do you turn to for when you feel incomplete? How do we do that? How do we do that? What question? Okay. The right direction of the truth. In the first Titus chapter 2, we can do so. So it's saying, even though we're riding the tree, we can do so with wisdom, with beatings. You ask the of the God gave us, the very next verse, an indication, not, in, not a direction to go living. And Titus says, we can do so. We can we ride obedience to the boss. First part is wisdom isn't found in what we wish for or whine about. Found in those things. Wisdom is God's will, the Holy Spirit's guiding. What is the wine to do? That came from Andy Stanley, and I've used it. I, I literally bet I big of an impact on me, and I know it's helped others. Decision, and you don't know what the right living aspect yourself. What is the wise stuff? What you wish and what your all your whine. Well, if so and so would just as I could do that, you know, wisdom takes all of that out of the way. But when you ask yourself, when you have a hard decision, ask yourself or call me, and I will ask you what is the wise thing to do. Wise thing to do, but you have to ask the devil's wise thing to do upon experience. Okay, so hypothetically, if you have a hot shot in your hand and your wife is facing away from you at that length and you're wondering whether she'll think it's funny if that or not, your past experiences should probably tell you that that isn't a wise idea, right? So we use our past to govern our present, to help make a decision. It's that we have to, in the present moment, what is the wise thing to do? Based upon circumstance. And my present wife is in a good mood and we don't want to change that. Okay? Wise thing to do. What is the wise thing to do? Ships and dreams. Will my future hope stay happily married to this woman? For you might not be wise to, you know, hit her with a long yellow hot shot. Okay. Wisdom. Wisdom can only be found in God's will, the whole in Jesus' example. What is the wise thing to do? Living. And that's the next one. Right living. Listen, right living isn't, it is first priority of God. Every single time, no ifs, ands about it. Listen, right living isn't mistake-free living. It is God priority in every single situation in your life. Right living is hard. I, I'm telling you right now, if you want to live right, it's harder, but you become stronger. See, easy living is easy. Right living, you always gain something from. Easy takes something every single time. Now, it may be so, okay, but right lives us gain to God. Easy living, taking the easy way out with God, no, not even in a priority, and it always takes something away from us, eternal life away from us if we let it. So here's a little guide that I like to use. And I've already mentioned it once. Self, should I be doing this? I should. Close to the answer. What I am doing right now bringing honor to God or not? Is, is what I'm doing right now bringing honor to God? 
If it is, that's right living. If it's not, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not living right, but you'll know if it's dishonoring God, won't you? I mean, that's pretty easy to tell. So if you want to, if you want to uh, worthy of the gift of wisdom, it'll take right living, and it will also teach. Dang it! See, cowboys, we're cowboys because we have a problem with authority. There, I said it. I said to do on our own because you don't know what you're doing. My ideas are great. Your ideas are not make you a bad person, right? And that's, I mean, maybe not to that level, but that's us, man. But if we want to live by cowboy code, it cannot happen. There is no obedience like right living. Yeah, right living is harder, easy living, obedient, and there is only loss to the extent that you don't even see that you've lost something, but the cumulative effect of it is eternal. I mean, isn't the Bible full of stuff that we're, oh my gosh, about between services, you know, it's, people have said, not, it's not true, but it's a, it's a good way to remember it, that we're leaving earth, right? Well, the Bible's full of a like what? Well, you know, love God with everything. Love God with everything. That's obeying. Love others with everything. Love others with everything. And listen, I, you don't get any credit for loving those people that lack. You only get credit those that don't love you back and can do nothing for you. When you can learn to love those, man, heaven. And remember, some people be like, oh, I can't believe he said that. No, it's, it, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you will be judged for in your life without any regard things. It's a punishment judgment for those without Christ. Still be judged, but you will only be judged on the good things that you did, not the sorry things that you did, right? It gets us. It's all good news. It's all good news. Love God with everything. Love others with everything. And depend on God to give you everything that you need. And here's a little hint. He'll even give you what you want. But some of that stuff you want, you don't need. And you... When talking about obedience, close. And we're, we're basically done, okay? So just. But when talking about obedience, do not get up in false hypotheticals and what-ifs. Well, are we supposed to love those people pouring Cholula on our nail bed? <laughs> shut up. Stop. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say shut up. Shut your mouth. <laughs> the chances of that happening to you so minuscule it doesn't even warrant a conversation. Well, what if you're riding on a whale and you rope a porpoise and somebody gets mad about it? It would be way cool. And I hope it ha it's never going to happen to Ty because he's not going to get anywhere where a whale can be. Or water, or a porpoise. Well, maybe a porpoise. <laughs> oh, you're roping off a ship. Okay. I bet those two. Can you imagine Ty where he couldn't see land? <laughs> you don't want to be there. <laughs> but seriously, don't have hypothetical. So many people doing that. They're like, well, yeah, the Bible says this, but what if... And they come up with some deal. Listen, moment, every just be obedient present moment that God has. Okay? Don't get caught up in all that mumbo jumbo and crazy ideas. And be like, well, I heard on theology, not that accurate. <laughs> Wash your hopes and dreams in your TikTok church. But 
TikTok might not be the best place to go for biblical information. Not just, you're just probably not going to find it. It's a lot easier to just go to the Bible. Christian cowboy code. Man, we got to leave that, that we got to earn everything that out. We got to leave that part out that makes us think that we're tough to do this because we, we can't. But what we do need is wisdom, right living, and obedient word. Word. So one time, well, one time, a couple of months ago, I got married. A couple of months ago, I don't know, and we went to Florida, and I enjoyed every single minute of it, except for this one part where my new blushing bride and I went to a little lake that was on an all-inclusive resort, and I laid down, or sun, I guess you could say, you know, relaxing chairs, right? I mean, it is beautiful. It's like 70 degrees, not an ounce of wind, no mosquitoes, no bugs. This is nice. And I lay down, and then all of a sudden something hit me in the head. Just, you know, boom, like somebody threw something at me. So I opened my eyes, but I didn't see, I didn't see anything. And I looked at Kim, what was what? It's like, I don't know, something hit me in the head. So I just kind of snuggled back in and was relaxing, listening to some music. And something hit me in the it not not hit me in the leg, but you know, just kind of hopper or something. You know, grasshopper kind of hits you just, just for a second. That's what it feels like. And if you if you don't know what that's like, come out summer, ride in the gator with us. And we will, if you have hoppers, we will get you over that or you will die. One of the two it is about that gator funnels in grasshoppers from all the surrounding ranches and points them right at your face. Crazy. But then some guy opened up and rained hell down on me. I was noticing. Now I'm dis for my life. And if you come back next week, I'll tell you what happened. 